Welcome to 2022. How fun to have our first pod ready to go. I admittedly recorded this podcast in late 2021 with Jenna. And as you will hear, I super fangirled Jenna for a long time because many years ago in Vancouver, BC, she started a craft fair called Make It and it was full of makers. And I think at the time I was just getting into knitting and I thought pottery was really cool. And Jenna had this incredible ability to bring remarkable people that made beautiful things together in really neat spaces and kind of revitalize the joy of of craft markets. It's only timely that we are sharing this as unfortunately in 2021, the Make It markets had to be canceled. And we talk about when things fail and when they flail and starting again and picking up. And if that isn't a beautiful way to kick off a new year, I don't know what is. So without further ado, here is Jenna. Jenna, welcome to the cast. I am so pumped to chat with you today. Likewise, Steph. Can't wait. Well, I have just shared that I totally had a girl crush on you from the beginning of time (laughs) because I love farmer's markets and my love of farmer's markets became like truly to use your words, like maker's markets. I wanted the Christmas craft fair. And I think it brought me back to like serious nostalgia with my grandmother who just made everything. And I'm so obsessed with people who make things. So I just need you to know that this fangirl moment is like decades <laughs> old. <laughs> I am so flattered to hear that because yeah, likewise, I've been following you on social as well and super impressed that of all you've done and you do triathlons and yeah, you're Daniela Port's best friend. Like it, it's, yeah, it's so great to be chatting with you now. Long time well, in the making. Hey, making. And this is what's so wild is that I was so hesitant to reach out to you and think, how do I even introduce myself? And will she care or know? And what is this podcast? And then to just know that, in fact, our worlds have been orbiting around one another and we know similar people and we love similar people. And it's just the most beautiful reminder to me to reach out and make the ask. And then we get to do magical things like this. I'm mindful that we're recording this in December and it's now January. However, the reality of December is a big deal because December to dive right into things has always been the season of your markets, your maker spaces. And I just want to know how December has felt for you. Well, it's felt conflicting in a lot of ways. And if we go back to September, because we were planning on having make it the season because it seemed, especially in the summer, that things were really opening up and people were excited to go back to events. But I just felt very, very heavy around September, knowing how to navigate everything around like the vaccine passports. And and I just had this moment, Steph, where I thought, is it all worth it? Is it worth it navigating this new way of being And do I want to partake in it? So I looked at what my needs were and also just with the community as a whole. And I think we're in a really interesting time where just because we can do things doesn't mean we necessarily should. And 
the Make It Show is all about big crowds, energy, people coming together, feeling great. And, and I just thought about like, could that be possible where we're all masked up and we're checking the passports and, and it just was on a no for me. And I had to lean into that. And also I, I have a baby. And at the time that I made the decision to cancel make it, he wasn't even a year old. And I really reflected on, you know, in five years from now, 10 years from now, 50 years from now, will I regret not being around for that time in his life? And also there's one thing about being present as a parent. Like I find if I'm stressed and I'm really preoccupied, it's really, really challenging. So mm-hmm. that's what led me to the decision. So yeah, it definitely felt strange. It's almost like muscle memory of mm-hmm. producing the show when all the things that are supposed to happen don't happen. It can feel really strange, mm-hmm. but that's the decision I decided to go with. Yeah. I think the new year often brings about, or at least I'll just speak for myself, questions of reflection of why do I do what I do? And no one else needs to answer the question or even know the answer to the question. Yet for me, what is essential is to know why I spend my days the way I do. And I feel like whether I quit or thrive, so long as I know my why. And that evolves and it feels remiss of me to not ask your original intent of bringing make it to life. And how many years ago was that? And what was your original why? Because I love that you've asked yourself the question, is it worth it? And how does that relate back to your why? Uh, Well, I started make it in 2008. So it's been, it's been a while now. I have a teenager business which is very interesting uh, to be in, I guess it's year 13, 14. The why when I first started is I was a maker myself, but I wasn't a typical maker. I was in a business school, sort of in the mid 2000s, I guess it was early to mid 2000s. And for one of my courses, I had to come up with a company. So I came up with this hypothetical belt company that I called Booty Belts. And I started getting really excited about these booty belts and they were just these scarf sash belts that I came up with because I saw, I was watching the trends and I thought, well, maybe I can make my company based on these booty belts. And that's how I got started. And I started producing these things in my parents' basement and sold them to stores and went pretty far with that side of things with the B2B. And then I ended up with a whole bunch of booty belts, didn't really know what to do with them. So on a whim, I decided to do, it was a outdoor festival in Edmonton, where I'm originally from and sold these booty belts on the street. And that really ignited this feeling of like, wow, selling to the end customer is really fun. And it made me really excited. And I love dealing with that side of things as opposed to dealing with buyers and intermediaries. So I just went on this journey of selling my booty belts all across the country. And then it was, you know, a few years in when I thought, hey, what if I started producing these events instead of always paying for a booth? And I reverse engineered the business model, which as entrepreneurs always tend to do. It's like, oh, how hard could it be? How hard? You get the venue, you fill it up with people. So the why was really for selfish reasons, because a lot of the craft fairs back then, before 2008, they weren't hip and cool how they are now. I mean, now there's so many markets, especially in Vancouver, that are just incredible. But that was the why. It was just creating a cool space and opportunity for not only myself, but my fellow makers to be Mm -hmm. able to sell what they love. Mm -hmm. 
Gosh, I love it. I mean, I love it because I went all the time. It was my favorite market to go to. And there was just nothing like looking a maker in the eye to say, thank you for knitting me this toque, you know, like, <laughs> yeah, it's uh, a lot of work knitting a gosh, toque and, yes. and it, the, the tendency, they don't charge enough. I'm like, how, how could you make this by hand and charge it like 30 bucks? It makes no sense, but that's just because I love it so much. And you can I feel that it. passion. Totally. Oh man. I can only imagine the number of entrepreneurs, the number of makers you have seen come through over the years. That's incredible. Well, we would also be remiss to not speak about your book. So you went from creating spaces and places in three different cities for teenage number of years, and you also have written a book. (laughs) And what was the impetus and what was your why behind deciding to publish? I wanted to write a book for a long time. And then the process of writing the book definitely was a lot longer than I thought. And originally um, I was working with an agent and they were trying to get me a book deal and I wrote a proposal and it wasn't that fun to write. And then the feedback was, no, we want you to write a how-to book for artists and makers of like how-to. But what I was really always so interested is the mindset and the metaphysics around like, how do you actually manifest something into reality? Because getting into this whole craft world, it's really funny because people always assume I make everything I'm wearing or like if I have a cool necklace, they're like, oh, did you make that? You must be super crafty. I mean, the truth is I'm not that good at crafts. I'm not that good at making things. But what I love, I've always been very, very almost addicted to like the entrepreneurial story. One of my favorite podcasts is how I built this on NPR. And I just binge those because it's so interesting. It's like the hero's journey, the arc of the storytelling. It's always the same in in so many ways. And so I really got into this world because I just loved entrepreneurial stories. And so with my book, I thought, well, how can I share my own experience and highlight some of the makers I've worked with over the past 10 or so years And then I ended up selling, well, I did a hybrid publishing deal. So it was distributed, but then I also had a lot more control where I could sell my book at the show. And I feel like publishing as a whole has really evolved and changed. And for someone like myself who is entrepreneurial, it was a really good model because I just knew I couldn't write the book that the publisher wanted. It just wasn't in me. I didn't feel passionate about it. And some advice or some thoughts I can share are you got to freaking love what you're writing about because it is not a fun process a lot of the times. And I, I was, and I was really fortunate. I spent a lot of time in Bali writing my book. It was like the quintessential, like, Oh, you know, at my desk in Bali in the jungle, but it, that really helped to have that undistracted time to really let the creativity flow. Gosh, 2022 is the year that I will have a book coming out and wow. it was hell. And anyone who dreams about <laughs> yeah. writing a book is like next level to me. And wow. the I'm grateful to have worked with a publisher um, who did likewise provide freedom and constant reminders that the journey of that specific process is not always enjoyable. My editor would constantly tell me like writing a book is 90% hard and 10% joy. And it really was. So it's off my desk, so to speak now. And when I hear anyone write a book, I just bow every time I pick up a book. I'm like, thank you, author. Thank you. Thank you. And I struggled with bringing a book into the world because I thought there's so many, like, why do we need one more? And 
then I asked myself that question on everything else in life and said, if it only impacts one person, if I only sell one copy, it's worth it. And anyway, that's a digression to just say, I really empathize with you and the journey of bringing a book to life. And your book looks obviously so on brand and is so perfectly you. So I'm thrilled to hear that you stood the trail of what was true and not the journey of what a publisher wanted you to write. Oh, well, thank you. And congrats on your book coming out and you're going to sell thousands and thousands of copies. I mean, I'm definitely buying at least one. (laughs) You got a customer already and I don't even know what it's about or the title or anything. So (laughs) that means so much, you know, the fact that one person would buy the book without even knowing what it's about. (laughs) And yet that could be a beautiful segue because the book is called Mm -hmm. the now what, and I created the content actually as an online learning course three years ago. And it was for people who quit their jobs, lost their jobs, or wanted a new job. And the essence was, how can you get really clear on articulating what you are looking for as it relates to your vocation? And as entrepreneurs, perhaps you can relate. I don't really know what day of the week it is most of the time. I (laughs) don't often feel like I'm in complaint ever on how I spend my days. I feel like I'm in radical choice. And someone asked me recently what my favorite day of the week was. And I said, Monday, because every day feels like Monday. (laughs) And yet I'm very aware that that is not everyone's relationship with their work. And so if we were to look at your world right now and say, now what is 2022 the year that make it comes back? Is there a book tour in you? What else is up your heart and up your sleeve as it relates to dreams in the realm of your career? That's a really, really great question. (laughs) I'm in a space now where I'm deliberately choosing, or I should say trying my best to deliberately choose because I've come to realize I'm addicted to action. And my, my book is called Make It Happen. And I think it's because I have that knee jerk reaction, not to belittle what I've achieved, but I'm always making things happen. And I've been like that for a long time. And now as I get older, I turned 40 this year. So turning 40, having a son, having to put my business or choosing to put my business on pause has created this really interesting space where I can potentially decide to do something completely different. Another thing I do in Vancouver is I have a space called Conscious Lab, and I've had this space now for over four years. We do all sorts of interesting events there. (laughs) It's very experimental. Some of the stuff is is definitely a little out there, but it's really allowed me to explore. Like in a way, it's my own laboratory where it's like, okay, well, let's try this. Let's try this. And it's also, it doubles as my office too, you know, when when people used to go to offices. (laughs) Uh, But anyways, we've been playing with this idea of Magic Day. So we've been running these events called Magic Day where we bring in breathwork instructors, movement instructors. I've been doing facilitation because I'm really, really excited about people discovering the magic within themselves because that's really reflective as to what I'm going through right now. It's like, well, what is my magic? And when you do a business for... I don't know if you can relate to this, but when you've been doing a business for a long time, like over 10 years, sometimes it gets to a point of like, do I actually enjoy doing this? Why am I doing this? And you can get caught up in this trap of, well, I've been doing this for the last 13 years. This is what people expect of me. So I'm actually very grateful for COVID 
in the sense that it's allowed me to pause. Cause I don't know if I would have otherwise, cause with an event like make it, we had our dates booked out three, four years. And there's so much accountability built in because we sell all these booths and all these artists and makers are reliant on the event. So <laughs> I'm trying to think what your original question was. I love I'm on it. a little I, bit of a tangent. <laughs> no, this tangent is so beautiful. What I really wanted to know, and my question was probably not direct is, I want to know the goals and the dreams that are up your sleeve around what you want to make next. Okay. I really want to figure out what my genius zone is. And I feel the necessity to figure that out right now because I have such little time and such little bandwidth being at home with my little guy. I know the potency of figuring that out is what is going to allow me to to go forward Mm. to the whatever you want to call it, the next level, the new realm. I just feel like there's something Mm -hmm. that is going to be different for me, but it's figuring out like, what is that zone of genius? And and the thing is when you're an entrepreneur and you've been doing so many things, I have lots of zone of competence and lots of zone of greatness in the sense I can make shit happen. Mm -hmm. And once you have that skill, it can be really hard to get that clarity. And I feel oftentimes I find myself getting trapped in the same repetitive pattern Mm -hmm. and it's been that making those conscious choices is where I'm really focused on now. Mm. Yeah, that was very well said. And I just want to articulate the distinguishing factor between greatness and genius. And can you elaborate for us there? Like what does greatness feel like to you? And what does genius feel like to you? Well, genius is another realm. Like it feels so different and It also is that co-creation idea. It's when you can be in that space where things just instantly manifest. And I really believe it's a vibrational experience in a lot of ways because it's like everything gets really, really crystallized. Mm -hmm. And breathwork is a really interesting teacher. And I thought I could be a breathwork instructor. And not to say I, I won't, but I did part of the training and I realized the responsibility of holding that kind of space where people are releasing like real trauma. And so I, I realized like, I'll just hold the space with conscious lab where people can come and facilitate others. But with breathwork, there's a moment where your breath almost breathes you mm. as opposed to like, you're taking the breath. When you feel like your breath is breathing you, to me, that's the genius zone. Mm. because it's that full, full surrender. And that is so hard to do. I'm terrible at surrendering. It's trust and surrender. That's been my mantra for so long. Mm. And it's my mantra because I'm so resistant. I I have, Mm. again, that entrepreneurial knee jerk of like, okay, we got to do this and we got to, you know, put all these things into play so we can generate the machine. And I realized that by doing that, I'm missing out on such a bigger part of it all. Mm, yeah. In November and December of 2021, I went through a bit of a ringer. And just because you mentioned Danielle Laporte, when we started this, I'll bring it back full circle that Danielle would literally call and just say, let go and let God let go and let God. And we would sit there and I was like, it just can't matter in 10 years. And the ultimate work of this lifetime is to surrender. And the freedom that that allows and the space that comes with that is kind of unexplainable in many ways. And I think that it's so powerful that we're kicking off 2022 with this conversation with two entrepreneurs, because 
if the greatest secret we can offer as entrepreneurs to people that may be employees, may be unemployed, or may be entrepreneurs themselves, that the false truth of hustle and work harder and hustle harder will get you somewhere, burn that down. (laughs) And the sooner you can burn it down, and if it's meditation, if it's breath work, to come back to your own will make such a difference. So true. Can you tell us who you go to or a tool or a place that you would suggest as it relates to breath work for us to plug? Is there a person that leads sessions, whether it's online or in person? Uh, the training I did is through a man based in BC named Robin Clemens. And I know that he has trained a lot of students, a lot of students who have taught at Conscious Lab. He's pretty profound. And his talent and his ability, it's pretty outstanding to see someone in their element of what they truly are passionate about. There's Wim Hof, which is also very popular. Breathwork, I really feel is going to become the next yoga Mm. as people are needing a tool that will really allow them to transcend. There's holotropic breathwork. In Bali, I was doing some of the more aggressive methods, you could say the level of release you can have through your own breath Mm. and being in that altered state Mm. is pretty unreal that it's literally right under your nose. (laughs) Breathwork pun. (laughs) I love it. And I love that we're kicking off 2022 with such clarity and resiliency to surrender. And I think if it's Wim Hof to breathe, if it's Wim Hof to cold plunge, if it's Robin at the conscious lab, what are all of the places and spaces we can go to restore ourselves? I am really excited to see what you'll get up to this year. I am excited if there's something in real life and what that will look like. And what I know for sure is that if it's not in real life, the vibration that you will create and send out is going to be something pretty special. So just know that team Corker is here seriously cheering on all things, make it in whatever form that is in real life. I appreciate that so much Steph. Gosh, I think my genius is literally to be a cheerleader. I, 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 (laughs) you're very good at it Put on this earth to do just that we wrap every podcast and I thought it might change in 2022, except I just can't change it yet. And that is (laughs) the final question, which is. Can you tell us what is making your heart beat faster? I would say what is making my heart beat faster is allowing myself to be more seen. Yes. Oh, like I like feel nauseous just saying that. <laughs> like a podcast. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Awesome. Well, we see you. There will be links um, in the show notes of where to find you in all the places and spaces online. And truly, I mean it. We're cheering for you. Thank you for making it. Thank you so much. 